thank you for joining me on Closer Than You Think. This is Mark Scott. Our third episode of the Closer Than You Think podcast on Substack continues our 10-part series on the book, You Don't Have to Do That. In this episode, we examine the institutional church. This church structure has become mainstream in American Christianity. Many people equate the church as we know it in the U.S. with faith in Christ, but is it really what Jesus established? What if the way we do church could actually be one of the things in the way of simply knowing and following Jesus? So what we're going to get into in this episode is chapter two of the book. The title is Calling Out the Church. There's a double meaning to that title. Uh, one is calling out the true church from behind the four walls of the institutional church, calling them out to serve and impact and make a difference and be the examples for the rest of us. The other meaning is calling out the church in terms of what we have a popular notion of today of calling out people if they're pretending to be one thing when they're really something else, for example. So um, that's the other idea here with the title. So let's jump right in. In the opening parts of chapter two, I'm going to read for you from pages 20 and 21 how I introduce this chapter. It starts like this. I miss Jesus. Almost 15 years ago, I found myself at a unique church leadership conference in Indianapolis. I had been serving as a youth pastor along with other roles and enjoying the ministry of preaching and teaching. This conference was a small gathering of pastors who were exploring ways of doing church differently. I was there because I thought if I could just tweak a couple of things here and there, then I could clear my head, get out of the funk of feeling stuck, and move past a growing inner turmoil. While things had been looking good on the outside, church attendance was up, the youth group was active, and my preaching was well-received, God had burdened me with a sense that I was merely going through religious motions. Surely, a few quick ideas from a church conference like many I had attended before, would fix the problem. Maybe I just need to find the right strategy, I thought. At least, that was my thinking until we quietly gathered in a room and the presenters asked me, why are you here? God would not let me lie to myself or others any longer. He knew the root of my problem. Suddenly, all the safe answers about programs and strategy and getting, people, getting other people on board fled my mind. My heart pounded and tears filled my eyes. I could only get three words out. I miss Jesus. Since that time, I have been on an awkward and uncomfortable yet liberating and exciting journey of rediscovering my first love, and the meaning of a common, simple word like church has been revolutionized. When I began this journey of rediscovering the meaning of following Christ, I was preoccupied with finding the correct definition of church, if I was doing church wrong, then I wanted to fix that and make sure I did it right. I saw church as an activity, and the logical use of my energy was to enhance that activity. Once I realized church was an identity, not an activity, everything changed. So chapter two, like I said, talks about the church, the nature of the church as we know it, especially here in America. As I said before, when I write, I'm writing in a specific context. I understand the limitations of my own background and understanding. And so I'm writing to people who also have similar limitations and context to their background and understanding. So in chapter two, we outline different aspects of the church and address several different topics. But much of the attention is to the fact that the church is run like a business in America. 
And while that is um, said and, and addressed in a critical way, I also have to be fair to the church and understand that it's set up to be run like a business because it has to be. And um, anybody who's ever sat on a church board can testify to this, that it is very much run like an organization or a business, and sometimes the spiritual part is left out altogether. Anybody, anybody listening to this that has sat on a church board or council or governing body in a, in a church um, would love to hear from you. If you want to leave a comment, um, that would be awesome. Just curious about your experience, uh, what you've uh, had. So for that reason, for the church to be run like America, uh, like a business, excuse me, um, and, and to be run well. So what I mean by like it has to be run that way is the way we have set things up to have these structures, these buildings that we draw people to, and we have to draw a crowd, we have to keep people coming. That means we have to deliver certain services to them and we have to keep the customers returning. And I know that's kind of a crass way of putting it and people would say, well, there's definitely a godly element to it and a spiritual element to it. And I certainly hope so. But the reality is that's what we're dealing with, is that ongoing, keep the customers coming. You got to keep the business running, which means we have to pay staff, which means we need an income revenue. And that gets into tithing and other things that I'll address later. But um, anyway, all of those things are going on. So some churches do this well, and they just name it. They just come right out and say, yeah, we're going to provide awesome services and programs for children and make sure we have the best musicians and everything's going to be high quality. People come see a production and then they leave when the service is over and hopefully they pay for what they get to see. So um, for that reason, the IRS defines church practices, not the Bible. So I talk about this a little bit in the chapter but I'm going to go deeper into something I reference. I reference publication 1828, which is part of the IRS um, tax system. And literally what we have available, anybody can go check this out. You can go check this out right now. You can go online and go to a website from the IRS. There is a webpage at irs.gov that is called Churches Defined. The term church is found, this is according to that website, the term church is found, but not specifically defined in the Internal Revenue Code. So what they have done is developed this resource to help us understand what really makes a church. Certain characteristics are generally attributed to churches. Now listen to what they say. These attributes of a church have been developed not by God, not from Moses coming down from the mountain, not delivered from on high, these attributes of a church have been developed by the IRS and by court decisions. Let me say that again. What we know as a church in America, what constitutes how we define church, has been developed by the IRS, not GOD, and by court decisions. So they include things like, and maybe, maybe you'll remember these. As I list some of these off, you can, you can remember Jesus. <laughs> I'm having a little fun with this, sorry. Um, in the New Testament, Jesus saying, on this rock, I will build my church and my church will have a distinct legal existence and definite and distinct ecclesiastical government. My church will have membership that is not associated with any other church or denomination. <laughs> okay, so these are some of the elements 
that come out of this. There's more, you know, and maybe you were inspired greatly by Jesus's words when he said, and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church because we have an organization of ordained ministers selected after completing prescribed courses of study and we have our own literature. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cracking myself up. I don't know if anybody else is going to find that humorous at all. It is definitely with tongue in cheek. Um, Sunday schools for the religious instruction of the young is another one. So there's these list of elements, and um, the IRS generally uses a combination of these characteristics together with other facts and circumstances to determine whether an organization is considered a church for federal tax purposes. So for an organization to maintain its tax-exempt status as a 501c3, it must meet these guidelines. Our, our, so, so there it is. What we know constitutes a church comes from the IRS. There is really not much at all in terms of scriptural backing for our current church practices. Yet that's what is used as an argument for preserving the traditional structures. Uh, one of the refrains I hear a lot, one of the um, critiques I hear a lot is, well, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater when we're talking about church structures. And I guess my question, my response back to that is, whose baby? Whose baby are we talking about? Because this isn't anything from the Bible. It's not anything from Jesus in terms of how we build the church. These are structures and routines and practices over time and over tradition. And I do want to respect tradition. And there's some great things that come out of that. And there's some appropriate cultural context for why church is going to look different too. So I understand that part. But I don't know that we have a baby so much as we have a doll you know, something that's impersonating a baby, an inanimate object that looks like a baby in the bathwater. And so maybe we don't need to be so careful and treat it so delicately as though it's the real thing. In fact, the idea of going to church, the phrase go to church, which I also deal with in this chapter, is problematic in and of itself. And I think it would have been very confusing um, to the early disciples. I think we think it's so normal now to say, where do you go to church? Um, but I don't know that it would have been like that for them. And there is a writer, Wayne Jacobson, who I quote him. I open the quote, open the chapter with a quote from him. And I want to read that little excerpt now because I think he does a great job of explaining why this is a problem. <clears throat> Where do you go to church? He says, I have never liked this question. Even when I was able to answer it with a specific organization, I know what it means culturally but it is based on a false premise. That church is something you can go to, as in a specific event, location, or organized group. I think Jesus looks at church quite differently. He didn't talk about it as a place to go to, but a way of living in relationship to him and others in his family. Asking me where I go to church is like asking me where I go to Jacobson. Remember, his name is Wayne Jacobson. How do I answer that? I am a Jacobson, and where I go, Jacobson is. Church is that kind of word. It doesn't identify a location or an institution. It describes a people and how they relate to each other. So I think it's important that we figure out a way 
to redefine church. And by redefine, I really mean just going back to original meanings and definitions of church. On page 27 in the book, I give a few of those. Um, the church can be defined as a called out community of faith. The church could be defined as empowered people on mission. The church could be defined as followers of Jesus in action. And that's because there's an identity piece and there's an action or practice piece to all of those definitions. And there are simple definitions of what it means to be the church. Um, I would also encourage you to check out a post that I wrote here on Substack called The Dictionary Got One Wrong. It's from July 19th, and it's also linked in the um, episode notes here if you want to go to that. It digs into this detail of how we define church a little bit more. So to wrap this up as far as what chapter 2 says, towards the end of the chapter, I close by, by, saying, by writing, remember, the answer in the New Testament was never to go to church, but it was always to go to Jesus. My hope is you never reach a point in your life where you find yourself saying, I miss Jesus. So um, there's a disclaimer that I include in the chapter and I want to make it here and that's don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not to say that we don't need others. We don't need community. We don't need uh, faithful brothers and sisters that we can work together with and serve with and worship together with. Faith is still a communal process and the faith community is still very important. The body simply does not function without the parts of the body coming together. So I, I think the problem is obvious to many people, and it's been going on for a while, which is why church attendance has been on a steady, steady decline for so long. When the church operates as a business or an organization, then what happens is it easily attaches itself with political entities and with certain groups, and that often ends up causing more division, not less division. And we, can, we have seen that play out time and time again. Uh, one of the things that you usually don't read in books is the, are the end notes at the very end of the book and for each chapter. And in chapter two, I did have an end note that I wanted to read and just uh, reference this. And it says this, the notion of a sacred secular distinction is actually a big part of the problem. A common belief among Christians and non-Christians alike is that there is to be a separation between holy sites and ordinary places. This perception feeds the belief that we should build sacred buildings, temples, sanctuaries, etc. to perform holy rituals and ceremonies, much like they did in ancient times. Jesus does not model any type of sacred secular distinction. Wherever he was present, whether temple courts or someone's house, whether performing a miracle or sharing a meal, whether among sinners or religious leaders, there was the kingdom of God. I would love to hear from anybody, somebody. Uh, you can leave a comment here. You can go to other forms of social media. And what has been your experience of church? In, in a word or in a phrase, maybe it's evolved over time. What has been your experience of church? So I welcome you to leave a comment about that. I also welcome any pushback, disagreement, um, respectful criticism, anything like that. I do ask you to consider reading the book, reading uh, all of chapter two to get the full picture. 
that's basically what I wanted to address in this podcast episode. I also want to close with a special poem that uh, was written by a dear friend of mine who passed away not long ago. Harold Skinner was uh, like a mentor to me and um, I had a lot of faith and wisdom. And while we were meeting in what I would call a simple church or organic church or house church group for a while, he wrote this poem and it's called, Where is Church? People get a puzzled look when they ask where I go to church. I say I go to people's homes. For me, that's how it works. I've had church in nursing homes with those much older than me. I tell the story of Jesus, how he died to set us free. Yes, I've even had church at work, but have to be careful there. Some don't want to hear it, so I have to speak with care. Some ask how I do my tithe. It's a deduction to some, you see. Jesus asked for no deduction when he chose to die for me. I spend nothing on building funds. Don't worry about electric bills. When I see my money feed the hungry, that's what gives me a thrill. When we have a foster party where we give some child a gift, along with cake and pizza, that gives my soul a lift. Jesus goes before me. He helps me. He helps prepare the way. I ask the Holy Spirit to give me the words to say. You see, I'm not a preacher. I've never been ordained. Since I followed the Great Commission, my life's not been the same. So I have a simple message to those who want to know. Church is not a building. It's everywhere I go. Rest in peace, my friend, Harold. Thank you. So that wraps up this episode. If you would like to explore any of these topics in greater depth and leave a comment on any of the episodes to learn more about Simple Church Practices on your own, visit Grace in Motion. There's a website that's linked there. Uh, please subscribe and share closer than you think uh, with others. I did reference the post, The Dictionary Got One Wrong, and that's linked in the show notes as well. And of course, as always, there's information available for purchasing the book. You don't have to do that get it on Amazon and other places where books are sold and the links are there for that as well. Thanks so much for your support. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.